Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. is behind these MJF affiliated attacks. I think we all know affiliated. Well, you know, it's their the his friends who Why are you trying attacked. to insinuate that it's him, Jay? I'm not trying to insinuate it's I, him. It sounds like you are. It sounds like you're throwing a- accusatory statements there. Affiliated. I'm trying to insinuate that it's CM Punk. <laughs> I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, DAD. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review Podcast on the Rest Talk Podcast. If you haven't already, please press the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe. Leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode and send in your... Omega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them. But first, we'll discuss another night long storyline for MJF. So last week, it was him trying to find partners to take on the gangbang gang Mm -hmm. and the acclaimed answered the call. And that's how they went off air last week with them doing the three, the four way scissor. This week, it was MJF. Sort of in a tense, or will I take Adam Cole's advice and pair with Samoa Joe to defend the ROH tag team titles? A deal with the devil, you might say, because it comes with a caveat. MJF will have to give Joe a world championship match. And MJF's argument was, look, I'm not, I don't need a partner. I've defended these titles on my own before. I can defend them on my own again. Also, he doesn't want to fight Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's really mean and nasty. I think the quote is, I'm scared of him. <laughs> as you would be. Uh, but particularly when you get to the end of this episode, as Joe nonchalantly walked up to Carnage. And yeah. I was just like, hey, Max, how's it going? <laughs> so it, the main event was Jay White versus Mark Briscoe. Oh, what a match. It was a good match. I, well, we'll get on to that later. Oh, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it was Mark Briscoe was very intensely babyface fiery, back and forth. Totally predictable. I couldn't get into it. 
Oh, you're the worst. <laughs> a mean... little bit of booking could have sorted this out. A little bit of foresight could have made me invested whether this could end any other way. <laughs> we'll get to that later, though. I enjoyed this episode a lot. Um, but MJF beats up the gangbang gang behind Jay White's back. He's going to hit Jay White, but Jay White escapes. MJF cuts the most babyface promo I've heard him do so far, I think. This was rock in 2000s level of babyface promo. Yeah, I totally agree. Because it is, they're the same tweener-style character where they're, The Rock was a massive wanker. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Total dick, but he was awesome. And we liked him making fun of people. That's what MJF is. He's our scumbag. Rock was kind of our scumbag. Stone Cold Steve Austin was kind of our asshole. Yeah, you know. <laughs> exactly. And he like cut this promo. I love the promo he cut on Jay of being like, a lot of people have tried to step up, but you've got your guns in the air, but you're going to be the man that's actually going to pull the trigger. I thought it was really, really nice. Um, and- He's going to win for my buddy Cole at home and for all of you. Every single one watching at home, every single one of you in this building, I'm going to defend this title for you. JY, I said that I would go down as the greatest AEW world champion. So if you want to beat me, you're going to have to kill me. Mm. And then he cuts this promo and it's really, really good. Lights go out. Uh-oh, it's the House of Black. Uh-oh, it's Ric Flair. Uh-oh, it's Sting. No, it cuts backstage and they show that they were watching this on the, the big screen in the in the building. Some the masked group retribution attacking the acclaimed, laying them out, and as we have on our thumbnail today, throwing Bowens through this plate glass window. Really, really cool angle. Mm. And then it transitions in, and it's the devil looking up. No, the guy in the devil mask, or woman in the devil mask, if it is Britt Baker. And then cuts back to Max. Max fl- flies backstage looking to check up on the acclaimed, who are now sort of his friends in a way. Well, I like because he's not really said they are his friends, but he was clearly concerned about them. That's it, yeah. I mean, he had this great line on Collision when they had their 69-day celebration. And like Bowens and Daddy Ass said, look, Castor, we've got you this present. This is a video promo from Max where he was like, I'm not, I'm not saying I like, I'm, I'm not saying I love the acclaimed like everyone else, but I might like the acclaimed. <laughs> And so anyway, Max runs back to try and like, you know, check up on them and stuff. And he's just looking at this carnage. There's Billy Gunn on the floor, all 62 years of him. There's Max Caster, who's, you know, really wants to be friends with him. And there's Bowens, who's like lying in a pool of glass. Samoa Joe nonchalantly walks up and is like, looks like you're running out of friends. (laughs) Chuckles and walks away. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. (laughs) Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really good cliffhanger episode and the latest instalment in the Maxverse, which is where I want to be all the time. And it's clearly where the viewers want to be. We've talked about this last couple of weeks now. Ratings patterns show that when Max is on screen, mm. uh, that's when the ratings go up. And when he's not on screen, everyone's asking, where's Max? Well, AEW knew that last year. Do you remember? And they kept cutting back to MJF watching that match from the yeah, box. Yeah. Yeah, that's make- what they should do all the time. So yeah, it was like it, it's keeping him across the show. He is the number one baby face on the show, so mm. he should be across the show. And it, I think it's a really nice touch to try and keep people invested, keep people watching. And I mean, like take for example the opening segment of this show to kind of talk about like how all encompassing MJF is in AEW. 
in its opening segment, in its first five minutes, which was just Tony Schiavone interviewing Max Ka- uh, Max- Maxwell Jacob Friedman, they covered MJF and Cole. They covered MJF versus Samoa Joe. They covered MJF versus Bullet Club Gold. They covered The Kingdom and Adam Cole. They also covered MJF versus Daniel Garcia and The Devil. Yeah. That is a lot of just things covered and none of it felt like too much. Yeah, it's exciting. It's great storytelling. Um, also in that opening bit, so it's a cold open again. I'm, I'm enjoying that setup for pre the pre-creds almost. Mm. Um, Max is like, oh, I'm getting a, a phone call. I think it must be Adam Cole. And the camera pans back. The camera is already showing a preloaded Adam Cole on the screen behind him. Yeah, he was saying, like, I'm going to throw this to the TV screen. Blub, blub, blub. <laughs> Using more technology. Yeah, he's Iron Man. Blub, 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 blub. <laughs> oh, my he's God. He's got the money to do that, to have his big Iron it's, Man tech. It was poorly staged. I mean, what was worse was Adam Cole hanging up the call, which is just like his finger just going over where an end call button would be, but they don't turn the screen off, which isn't how phone calls end. <laughs> so it's just him going, huh? as the yeah. video stopped, you obviously the Windows media player uh, controls come up. It's great stuff, really. <laughs> but yeah, Adam's the one saying, I think you should join with Samoa Joe. So, and then later on, Samoa Joe vacates his Ring of Honor TV title. We'll get more into that when we cover that match. Um, but that was so he could go on to to face Max title free. So he's at his hungriest, most desperate, I guess. I am <clears throat> not for the first time, and certainly not for the only time on this show, we'll have to all say, Ollie was right. Oh, which? Well, and it, we're looking like it probably is going to be Joe and MJF as the, the tag combination mm. at full oh. gear, which, you know, you had said. Everyone else was like, no, it's going to be X. It's going to be Y. It's going to be Z. And you were like, no, it's Joe. Oh. And, and we're saying I'm Joe. So not for the only time on this show, I will say. What's the other time? Well, we'll get to it. Oh. Ollie Davis was right. Um, <laughs> I, Me and CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of... We were, you know, we were coming down to record some some three count earlier today, and we were talking about the devil. And I was just said like, "That's yeah, CM Punk, though, isn't it?" What a storyline it would be. And, and you were like, "What?" And I said, "The greatest trick the devil ever pulled. It's literally a devil." Yeah. And and then on top of that, how did he come into the shot today? Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. So the last, uh, I, I mean, my attention was on it was a glass spot. It was Bowen's going through the glass, so I was like, oh, maybe it's Jungle Jack. Boy. And I like the idea of it being Jack Perry as well. I don't think that'll be a good enough payoff. I think it might be, you know. Oh, what? He pulls off the mask and it's Jack Perry there. I think it would work. Uh, I, I don't mean, think it's, it's a credible it's, threat. It's not like, you know, CM Punk levels mm. of reveal. I think it's a shame because it makes so much storyline and character sense, given the four-way from earlier this year. Max saying you need to embrace your darker side. Well... Yeah, now he's the devil and he's doing all this. Glass. Yeah, glass, perfect. I just don't think it will be the payoff. It's like Christian <laughs> as the the Hall of Fame worthy yeah, yeah. signing. You're like, yeah, well, yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, kind of my expectations felt like they were raised more. Yeah. Who else do you think it could be? Well, this is it. Like, I, I don't know. Since you've said CM Punk, that's just the freaking awesomest thing. Yeah. So everyone go like, uh, it's... It's Cole. It's all red herrings. It's Tony Khan, which is what we booked. <laughs> which is what we booked last week. It's Goldberg. Um, it's Jungle. It's Jungle Boy. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Adam Cole might be the one I like least in all of this. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, no, actually, it being MJF is the one I like least. Yeah, it being MJF is the one I, I I don't like the most. The one thing I quite like about it being Adam. Sorry, I might like you to just come into the shot as so I slightly see you slightly off frame. Um, is at the start of this when they were covering the Adam Cole Kingdom side mm. of this sort of MJF verse, is Roddy constantly telling Adam, "Look, he just walked away with him. That's what the devil would do." Adam Cole did walk away from Roddy when he was at their house. Ah. And I quite like the idea of Roderick Strong suddenly realizing that his best friend, the person he's currently idolizing, is actually the person that he thinks he hates the most. Oh, you know what? That's um yeah, maybe you could you could work it where Adam Cole is a fantastic payoff to this. Yeah. It's just a shame because that's not the over the top way I would have ended their friendship. Yeah. I've, yeah, I, you know, they've, they've done so much right. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Um, should we get into the chat to yeah. see what people are saying, who else it could be? Uh, Restor.com forward slash support. Please send them in there. We'll read out every single one. Over five US dollars. Lord Blake Hobb says, glad to see the masked men back, but after four years of watching AEW, I can't help but feel the devil mask reveal will be the most safe, predictable and uninspiring. If it's Adam Cole in the kingdom, I'm going to take a break from AEW for a while. There you go. As somebody like that for them kind of like what you were saying mm. it's almost too obvious of a reveal at this point if we were to give predictions of when we think the reveal will be i think it's the conclusion to world's end yeah i'd like that a lot um that's because the last it, image of the year yeah and it sets up oh my god 2024 is going to be mad that's the big with story. mjf yeah. versus cm punk <laughs> jcm 533 uh four consecutive chats here it makes no sense as to why the main event wasn't the world title match by the way, Jay White and Mark Briscoe closed the show. 
Daniel Garcia and MJF opened it. Just start the show with Jay White winning his match. Then MJF comes out and cuts his promo. Then the rest of the show, everyone else guns for MJF and his title. Also having the title match as the main event makes it seem more important. Opening with it made Garcia look like a chump because if it was Jericho, Mox or Omega in the match, they wouldn't have curtain jerked it for a number one contenders match. That makes no sense. If this was someone's first time watching AEW, they would have seen all these guys gunning for the title. Then they see Garcia challenging for it in the main event, and they would have thought, this guy is a big deal. Instead, he loses and is not seen again. Last point, if MJF wins the title, then has to save the acclaimed, he looks like a hero. The way they did it, he couldn't get his title back, and then his friends get beaten up, which makes him look incompetent. I I disagree slightly uh, on some of that, because I think there's a lot of you you have a jumping jump to conclusions mat in front of you and you are you're certainly taking some leaps in there and i don't think it's also the worst idea to have i mean the reason why the world title match went on first is because that's the biggest quarter hour that they're going to do mm. so you want to start with your strongest quarter hour and then hopefully ride that momentum so it makes sense from a business standpoint to, to put it on first Plot-wise, I agree with you. Yeah. I think the World Title match should always be the main event, but I, I understand why they, they did it that way. Yeah, it would have given a bit more tension throughout the show as well. Samoa Joe always oh, just dropped his title. What's he going to do to Max in the main event? I th- Weirdly, I think MJF versus Daniel Garcia is less predictable than Jay White versus Mark Briscoe. Which is incredible, I suppose. Well, the way you could structure the episode to give that that tension yeah. at least i i don't think that the 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 final angle made him look incompetent either no but what i would agree with and i think this is something we've been all agreeing upon for the last few weeks just give him the title back <laughs> I, I, i'm actually i'm pretty much done with mjf not having the belt now goose egg to be honest the guns really got some great heat this week and i hope they are able to have a good match at full gear and i'm okay with joe dropping the tv title to focus on the AEW title just wish it didn't happen after defeating keith lee cj perry is the devil wow that would be that would be surprising that would be a surprise i'm just marcus says everything mjf has been great and i'm loving it who do we think the devil is i'm thinking it's either cold or strong at this point i can't think of anyone else who would fit storyline wise also roddy in his promo was saying it's about time everyone realized oh, who the yeah. real roderick strong is remind everyone who the real roderick strong is the roller coaster i'm assuming robert acosta uh wonderful patron thank you very much hey guys number one the gods liver level up winnipeg number two a brilliant story for max after weeks trying to make friends what happens when he fails to protect the people closest to him what will everyone else think of getting close to him so good have a great day that's a great character detail it's a great character detail saw someone there uh, suggesting don Callis. After all, he was uh, rumoured to be the original higher power, or Hower power. Was he? I thought that was Daniels. Uh, Daniels was another name. Jake Roberts was another Uh. name that was like a potential. Before before they went, oh, it's Vince in a story that made no sense. (laughs) Um, Yeah, one of the other names that rumoured was going to be uh, Callis when he was the Jackal because mm-hmm. he was the they kept saying he's got this David Koresh like tendency to like bring people into his mm-hmm. cult Nick Corvello my crazy theory for why Britt Baker is the devil her and Cole reveal themselves become the power couple dominating AEW MJF needs a female ally against them Cole and Baker say no woman would tag with him Sheeda comes up and allies with MJF because of her story with Baker 
So we'd made the, the, the thing about it being Britt Baker last week because that was a bit of social media scuttlebutt because she was doing the devil uh, horns in the, the Doja Cat video. But as quite a few people pointed out, I actually didn't realize this. She is doing that when Doja Cat is singing a lyric about being a devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, what story with Baker and Sheeta? That one from the start of the year that they just dropped. Did they have one at the start of the year? Yeah, like Sheeta and Baker and Soraya. They were all that three before the outcasts happened. Oh, do I remember that? Yeah, you do. Do I? Sheeta was gone for it. She was like acting really like what in the in the sit down promos. Yeah, Brit would Brit would be like, oh, us two, like you know, we're really great, and Sheeta would be like, oh, and everyone was like, oh my god, Sheeta's gonna get a really big push off this. <laughs> you know, just like every other month. Every other, yeah, yeah. Uh, and finally, for now, drunk on tacos says, true to their name, it's John Cena. <laughs> Imagine that. That would be worthy. Mm. That it's John Cena under the death. But at that point, we might as well say it's Brett Favre. <laughs> it's it's Andre the Giant. People, it's so unlikely to be. It's Jeremy Allen White. Who's that? The, the guy from the Bear. Who's going to be in the yeah. other floor? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's him. It's him and Zach Efron. This is AW's version of Zeus and No Holds Barred. <laughs> We just have one more in Kid Cuddy. So the Devil Attacks Bullet Club first to help MJF, and now they acclaimed for helping MJF. It must be a new group for only MJF, otherwise it probably won't make sense. The women's story is awkward, Keith Lee should beat Joe, and Garcia deserves better. I, I disagree on Keith Lee beating Joe, because why would you beat a guy who's just about to be going for the world title? Yes, but the idea of Max setting up a group of people to take out anyone who gets close to him via friendship-wise or title-wise. That's intriguing, but I'm so into Max as a babyface. Yeah. This should be a long babyface run. I think it would be an error, and I, I, I think this would be an error for it to be an MJF. Reveal that MJF is the mastermind behind all of this. let's get into the play-by-play we've gone through the cold open already uh, and it fed into mjf versus daniel garcia for the world title to open yeah Rami, a great match told a really i thought a neat little story yeah. as well as which is why again i don't i'm not as uh, sort of bothered about it being the opening match is that i one thing that i really liked about this is that the story they were telling is mjf is going into this with all of the big match experience Whereas Daniel Garcia has not had all the big match experience. And one of the reasons why Danny Garcia has not had that big match experience is because, as MJF told him, you keep listening to the wrong people. You should be betting on yourself. You should be listening to these two guys. You should be listening to Jericho. You should be listening to what Daniel Garcia wants to do. So Daniel Garcia has now found himself for the last two years tagging, being a lackey for other people, and has not had that big match experience, which is why MJF was able to dominate a long portion of this match. And he won, convincingly so. In that promo, he did a great impression of Matt Menard. He did, yes. Spot dinner, dinner. (laughs) Yeah, the story of the match was Max was working over Garcia's arm for the armbar. And yeah, but Garcia kept on... Garcia didn't have a body part. Yeah, he had the arm. Yeah. But he also kept on trying to dance at, at inopportune moments. Yes, because that's... He is not realizing his wrestling, his professional wrestler potential. I, I was a bit ashamed by that because the the 
Max finishes that promo segment with, am I going to get the sports entertainer or am I going to get the pro wrestler? Mm. And Garcia said, you're going to get the pro wrestler. So, oh, cool. And no, we got the sports entertainer mostly. Yeah. So, I, you know, I the, it, with Daniel Garcia, it's a, store, it's a character indecisiveness that's been going on way too long far too me. long like I, I don't care at this point yeah so i was looking for some decisiveness to make me interested but it's still oh i don't know let me dance the one thing i did like about that because i i agree i'm well past this are you a sports or a pro wrestler that peaked last year yeah <laughs> yeah, like, yeah last summer yeah last summer when he was when with he, the brian danielson stuff when he beat brian danielson yeah. in the main event of tv yeah probably peaked about then and we're sort of like very much on the down low of, of it now but when he did his one-armed dancing comeback i i she did mm. pop a little bit because he's he knows what's over and like the pain and the anguish on his face but was like but i must dance <laughs> Uh, his one-armed pile driver I thought was really good. That was cool. He was targeting the knee of Max because Max has been selling that pretty much throughout the year. Also, it leads into the Dragon Tamer. And so he was in the Dragon Tamer and Max transitioned that into the Salt of the Earth to get the tap out win. Taz pointed out that both men here were under 30 years old. I mean, that's great. Yeah. Well, you know, he's like, it, Max, I think, is 27. And I, I don't know how <clears> old Danny Garcia is. But later on, Julia Hart just turned 22. Mad. Uh, Max went to shake Garcia's hand afterwards, but 2.0 dragged him away twice. Good heat, that. Uh, and, yeah, relatively easy victory for Max. You know, not pay-per-view caliber, but a decent TV title defense. Much like the main event, it gives them a good win on TV mm. leading into the pay-per-view. Speaking of wins on TV, Sting and Darby Allen weren't messing about. They beat the, well, I put here the Turbo Men. That's not what they're called. <laughs> They called the Outrunners. Outrunners. <laughs> <The> Turbo Man. <laughs> I can't remember it's what... Turbo Man. Because it was... Uh, what's their names? It's Truth Magnum and Turbo Floyd. Turbo Floyd, yeah. And I just think they're the best names I've ever heard. So I look at them and I think Turbo Men. Yeah. But it's the Outrunners. I love their act. I've, I've seen a few of their promos. Uh, what pro- Is it... Is it Ohio Valley Wrestling they also wrestle for? I think for? they do some stuff. There, Whatever yeah. it is on YouTube, I've seen them too. They're enormously charismatic. Sting must have been so confused standing across yeah. the ring because it's like, I, did I travel back in time? Steve, Brian? <laughs> yeah, they look like the Hollywood Blondes, I thought. Um, yeah. But yeah, this was just a squash match, really. They beat them and Sting got the win with the Scorpion Deathlock. I've written three words for my notes here. Fun. Just fun. Is that your three count? <laughs> yeah. Do you want my three count? So, Where's Ric Flair? Well, you know, Social media backlash, don't put him on TV. I mean, really, like, they signed him so they could get an energy drink out of him, I guess. But um, this was... I just had so much fun Mm. in this match. Like, Derby's obviously fantastic, and the Outrunners are such a fun act. They've got all the big 80s, like, goofiness about them as this sort of nostalgia throwback act. Um, And Sting, no-selling stuff. I just had this big smile on my face. Plus, it's T-shirt Sting. So (laughs) you know what level of Sting you're getting when he comes out in a T-shirt. But with no Ric Flair, that means I don't get to listen to. (laughs) Stinger! (laughs) As we also point out, I've been trying to see if I could do any other Sting, uh, Ric Flair impressions. Turns out I can't. So the only thing I can do is go, Stinger! And the Consortium! (laughs) The only two Ric Flair words I can say. 
They really put me though. That's, I don't need you to say anything else. <laughs> you think he returns at full gear Sting. for a little? Uh, oh, sorry, no, Rick Flair. Rick Flair. Sting's wrestling at full gear. Yeah, Flair will be in the corner at full gear. I'd imagine. Yeah. Tony Schiavone is backstage in Black and White Land, and he's with Tony Storm and Luther uh, doing a contract signing segment in Tony's dressing room with Sheeda. And Sheeda was very much like unimpressed by all of this. Tony Storm doing a heel shtick and they signed the contract. Yeah, I, I quite like Tony Storm's line, uh, line of... Um, Two she, men alarms. <laughs> she wanted to be the first ever. I, sh- I wanted to walk into All In as the champion, but you happened. Mm. I wanted to be the first three-time world champion, but you happened. So I couldn't make history, so I became history. So that's a nice little, that's a nice line. And I thought yeah. that, that's good. Uh, I also enjoyed Tony Schiavone saying, do not adjust your set. Um, we are in black and white uh, at the request of Timeless Tony Storm. And when they cut back, Taz is like, how did you know you're in black and white? <laughs> <laughs> he said, um, don't adjust your sets. Though. Do people even have TV sets anymore? Yeah. That's funny. I, I My only uh, bit of uh, creative feedback was whenever Tony Storm spoke, it should have been in the title card. <laughs> that might have been a slight step. It would far. have been. It would have been. But that's where this gimmick should be. That's this gimmick. I don't. Look, I've said it before. I, I I don't feel like this is title worthy. This this gimmick. We'll certainly see come full gear when I think was, she'll probably win the title. Is this the bit where you tell me I'm right again? No, we'll get to it. We'll get mm. to it. I mean, Greg, am I going to say it three times in an episode? I don't think you're right on this one just yet. Okay. But we'll get to that in a little bit. We also did skip over Mark Briscoe's uh, video promo. I didn't see this. Oh, dude. I was... must have. I, I don't know how I missed this. I heard someone else say it was good. Oh, it was so awesome. It was Mark Briscoe basically talking about how like he has wrestled. They wrestled. He wrestled Jay White in ROH. And obviously they had the video footage to show that. And it's a proper young Jay White. No On beard tour. Ever. Yeah. And he was just like, you were so young. You couldn't even grow a beard. But look at you now. And all this sort of stuff. And you're growing up. And he just ended this. Because it's just, you know, it's Mark Briscoe. He's all right up in the camera. And he's sending me like, I'm going to whip your ass, boy. Such a good <laughs> promo. Awesome. Love Mark Briscoe. It's great to have him back on TV. Best match of the night. Match of the week, most likely. Uh-huh. Penta versus Swerve Strickland. This was awesome. At the start, I was pissy. <laughs> I was pissy at the start because I'm here. They say on commentary, Hangman Page is banned from ringside. And I'm like, consider this is my notes. Considering what Swerve did, I would still come down and beat up Strickland no matter how much they banned me from ringside. It makes a baby face feel a bit lame and uh, continues to be a very weak follow-up to what was an incredibly strong blood feud angle. Yeah. Swerve cutting the promo on Hangman's baby after breaking into Hangman's house. Yeah. And I do stand by that. However, the match was so good and Hangman did show that fire in the post-match. I still don't think you should wait for the bell. Like, you should just be, you know, <laughs> everything is off. This is unsanctioned match it, levels of build should be yeah but I, I this match was absolutely brilliant i uh i really like the dichotomy of swerve and nana because mm. it's nana doing his you know his <laughs> comedy dance and you know and they pan to the crowd and he's doing his dance and stuff for like do you swerve when you, like, all this sort of stuff but swerve is just so serious and he's just walking down the ring hands in his oh. po- in the pockets of his big coats 
and he just walks down the ring and he's just got superstar presence about him all the while prince nana is doing this big wacky dance around him as an act i just think like the sort of yin and yang of it all just works really really nicely yeah, yeah. this match is what you and me and everyone else thought that dynamite would be mm, like yes that is totally right and actually this whole show felt like when you look at the card you're like oh yeah that's what dynamite is and you watch the match like yeah this is what dynamite is just two awesome wrestlers having an awesome wrestling match with awesome characters to build to an awesome (laughs) pay-per-view match like this gets nothing but big thumbs up from me uh this match was great from the get-go penta is phenomenal like you can just put him in any match and he's so good and charismatic the lack of any substantial booking for the whole of AEW's history oh, yeah. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like for me, like, it should always be Penta. Penta should be in this, because I really like Hangman and Swerve's feud, because that feels like a genuine number one contender's, oh, the person who wins this, they could go for the title. I love that part. Penta should be in that mix. Mm-hmm. And like, it's matches like this. A group yeah. of people. Just everything. The, the the first dives to the outside where they countered, countered, and then Penta had a huge one. Canadian destroyer on the apron, which was done from like a almost a triangle leap mm. to get to that point. It was really, really smooth and really awesome. Swerve hit a swerve stomp over the top rope to the outside with Penta hung up on the on the ropes. Penta reversed a four fifty into an arm break spot. And then a fear factor, Swerve, DD, uh, Death Valley Driver reversal, does his own arm break spot, then a Swerve stomp. Excellent chemistry between the two. This match was awesome. Swerve just has banger after banger. Our, our collision review on Monday was next world champion. Yeah. And I, oh, yeah. And I really feel like he's the guy. He is your next world champion. I think I think he's so, so great. Um, that Canadian Destroyer, by the way, is... Uh, I'm going to hold that as an example of why I'll never be tired of a Canadian Destroyer. Yeah. I know I get that people have got Destroyer fatigue. And I, I went through my, my phase of Destroyer fatigue. But when I see a Canadian Destroyer like that, I'm like, that's the greatest move I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I, w- I would do one in every match. Uh, as soon as the bell rang, Swerve started to undo Penta's mask for mm. the heat. And Hangman runs down now. He's got the chair. And this is the intensity we needed last week. He's trying to kill Swerve. Swerve runs off. And I thought, oh, he's going to run away. Nope, caught up with him. He's beating the piss out of Swerve. Some security guys run in. Hangman hits them with chairs. That's got to be a fine. And then, seamlessly, he picks up Swerve, jumps off the ramp. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's a table there, thank God. Yeah, he does a dead eye off the stage through a table. But the chaotic nature of it made me... It felt it didn't feel real, but it felt well. You know what I mean. It felt yeah, real within the mean. confines of wrestling. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Loved it. I thought it was an awesome angle. Probably should have been the follow-up they did last week. Totally. Um, Ollie's right again. <laughs> Jay White had a promo backstage with Alex Marvez. Talked about MJF's Google Trends promo. Yeah, I thought it was a really smart promo from from Jay here, which is like, yeah, like, the reason why is because you a you keep googling your own name to inflate your own mm-hmm. uh, sense of worth. But also, B, you are relying upon this and calling me Tofu because you know you can't beat me. And I know I can beat you. I pinned you last week. Yeah. Like, so it is like it's preying on upon the insecurities of Max. Another really good video promo for this eight-man tag next week. The Callus Family versus Omega, Abushi, Jericho, and Paul White. 
mad. Um, but it was spliced in with a video game. Yes, uh, this is like a dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. It looks good. Yeah, it's a Yakuza game. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they, they announced earlier in this week that they were, they were done a deal with Sega. Mm. And that basically that's the sponsor for next week's match, which is called the final boss battle. Great. Which sounds great. Have you seen the graphic for this match? I don't think I have. And it is just, it's Kenny, it's Jericho, it's Paul White, and Kota Ibushi, and Don Callis. Oh. There's no Hobbs, there's no Takeshita, there's no Fletcher, it's just Don. Well, Don's the final boss, it sounds like. <laughs> that's, that's what I mean. It's, it's really weird. Because it was really like... <laughs> You know, everyone looked at this lineup and was like, this is what Dynamite should be. And everyone else is throwing up that one. It's like, this is what I hate about AEW. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, I didn't know it was called the final boss battle. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting considering the next segment. Because Jericho and Kenny are getting interviewed backstage and they're interrupted by the Bucks. And it's Matt Jackson being annoyed again like he was last week. Why are you with Jericho? You know, we don't like Jericho. He's done awful things to us. And Jericho says, hey, we all started AEW together. <laughs> it's what everyone says about AEW. I love that. And Matt, like, I'm like, Jericho, you're the best heel while you're a baby face. And Matt Jackson's like, no, we, no, we didn't. <laughs> you just like came here for a payday. It's what we've always been saying about him. Jericho, the, the, the best coattail rider in, yeah. the, in the wrestling industry. And with all respect, we say that. With all respect, he's very smart at attaching himself to overacts. Remember when Danhausen was hot earlier, like last year, and the first thing he did was like, let's do a tag together. He's an effective Kevin Nash. <laughs> so they set up in this, um, like the, they start to annoy Kenny through how much the Jacksons are being petty over this. And Omega's like, well, if you challenge us to a tag match, I can do that. Because I've beaten you with Ibushi, I've beaten you with Hangman. That's those are really good points. I can beat you with Jericho, and the Bucks say, "Well, if well, I think Jericho says that's a good idea. If we beat you, we get that title shot you're sitting on." And then Matt Jackson's like, "Yeah, but if we beat you, you have to break up." I've never rooted for the Young Bucks to win a match I more know. than I will be at Full Gear. I oh, I'm going to be sat there. I'll be Young Bucks up merchandise-wise. I'm going to have T-shirts, hats, sneakers, and everything. We're going, come on, Matt. Come on, Nick. Let's win this one. Let's let's do this. Let's let's do this quick. Do you remember those onesies they had with all their faces on? Yeah. Get, get some of those. 100%. I will be front and center cheering on, because I'd be, I could probably still get tickets for it. So I'll be front <laughs> and center there cheering on Matt and Nick Jackson to win this match the uh what do you think of the name the golden jets I just I, I don't think it's a good name but everyone on screen keeps telling me it's a good name <laughs> you know it's sort of like you know no one believes that jericho started, I, I think jericho believes he did start aew yeah. um well there is he does have a solid argument for it wrestle kingdom is, is certainly is a, is a catalyst in that someone also pointed out i was like kenny and the jets was right there like, oh, yeah. as, as a name but that would mean Jericho is that wouldn't make sense as a name though why Why are they the Jets uh, is it a Golden I get because that's like you know that's Kenny so what's Jericho I'm going to assume it's an ice hockey thing because of Jericho's dad oh. did he play for a Jets he certainly played an ice hockey I don't know if the Jets are an ice hockey thing I can wait I can hear Tempest screaming <laughs> can you hear that He's, I can hear Canadians Whoa! screaming no, it's not a playoff final. <laughs> it's 
private joke for the office. Uh, hey, buddy. <laughs> Actually, they're playing the Canadian finals. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so what I was saying is... Sports, I presume. <laughs> oh, I see. Sports. <laughs> Sports. What I was saying in terms of the final battle stuff is, you know... Well, okay, so the Winnipeg Jets are a hockey team. Right. We're, we're excited about Kenny. We're excited about Don Callis and his family. And like, cool, yeah. Now they can just do the big show and Chris Jericho thing and then we can get back to that story. And then, now it looks like, oh, no... The final boss means next week that Callus family storyline is wrapped up because the real long-term story is Kenny and Jericho as a tag team in an in an elite breaking up again storyline. No, but it might not be. Oh, it totally oh, is. Oh, I, I know. But let me let me let me ca- like huff some copium. And so and I can I mean just huff a little bit of copium to be what if it's actually just gonna build to a Jericho Omega singles match where they break up as a tag team and that's there to set up a number one contendership thing that Kenny wins and then Kenny can just go back into the world title picture. Yeah, I don't think that's what's happening. But you know, you I could, don't either. At this point, I don't know I don't know why the elite keep wanting to get back together because they hate each other and they're never good when they're together. Yeah, they're a bad couple. Although I do enjoy the idea because I think Omega Jericho are going to win. That will cement the Bucks' heel turn, you know, in two weeks' time. Maybe the Bucks somehow cost the Legends. There's no way the Legends should win against the Callus family next week. No? Got, oh, I don't think so. Well, they've got the pay-per-view match. Yeah, but you can use that to... Like, as long as Kenny or Jericho aren't pinned, Fair. Okay. They, they build towards the Bucks. Yeah. Really, the, the finish of the match next week should be Powerhouse Hobbs pinning Paul White. Yes. Giving him the world's strongest slam and pinning him. 100%. That should be the finish. Um, but then at the pay-per-view, I, I think Omega and Jericho win, cements the Bucks' heel turn, and then you've got that Omega thing ticking over. He he has the Bucks' number. doesn't matter who he teams with. Yeah. That's a nice long-running storyline. That is a nice long-running storyline. But Je- I'm, I'm just not, exci- I'm not excited about Jericho, and I don't care about elite breakup things anymore. Two weeks ago, I was so excited about the future of Kenny Omega and what Kenny Omega's going to do now once, once this Don Cass thing's finished up, and now I'm a week and a half later, I'm sat here being like, ugh, man, mm. I, I'm sick of this Jericho thing. I'm, I'm very much ready to move past it. Samoa Joe took on Keith Lee next, defending his ROH TV title. I, I started to write in my notes a year and a half ago, this was a dream match. And then I looked at Keith Lee come out and I went, hot damn, it's still a dream match. Still is. Yeah. Six years ago, uh, either yesterday or today, you mm. and I saw him versus Tomohiro Ishii, Rev Post. Mm. Still the greatest live wrestling match I've ever seen. Incredible. And this, this was really, really fun. This was a hoss fight. The crowd got into the meat chance again. Keith Lee doing that leapfrog right at the start. Yep. Um, you know, it wasn't all the crazy strength spots, but there was enough there. I, I, I love this match. In the same way I was talking about the, the Pentaswerve match, this is what you want from Dynamite. Mm. This is what you want from Dynamite. This is what I want from a Keith Lee in AEW. This is what I want from a Samoa Joe in AEW. It gave me that in spades, and I had a very good time with it, and the crowd enjoyed saying neat. Uh, Keith was selling his knee following a... a damn fine looking knee breaker from joe and that allowed joe to get the kikina clutch in eventually and keith passed out third straight submission win actually on the show which i I quite enjoyed but afterwards this is the big talking point joe grabs the microphone and says that he wants 
Max's AEW World Championship. He's not been quiet about that fact, but he needs to be hungry for it. Which is why, even though he's the greatest ROH TV champion, he's vacating the belt. Yeah. Remember in February of last year, when you said, against everyone else's thoughts on the on the subject, I think AEW buying Ring of Honor is a bad idea, and I think it will water down TV, and there's a not there's a chance there'll be too many titles which will devalue a lot of those things. And a lot of people argued against you. A lot of people said that Ollie, you're being a pessimist. Ollie, this is great. Think of all the cool invasion stuff that we could do. Oh, <laughs> I mean, guys. Ollie Davis was right. Yeah! <laughs> and you know what the next prediction is? Cody Rhodes is losing to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That's my latest train. <laughs> can I say you're a big one at the moment. I'm a bit like A24, though. <laughs> in which... In which if it's, a it's what everyone's saying. Yeah. If, if a prediction goes wrong, I drop it. Like, you don't even know I've released it. <laughs> but if... Oh, if it does well, you know about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, a lot of your uh, predictions that have been wrong are the the eternals of uh, of the MCU. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, this match was great. Loved that. Uh, Samoa Joe relinquishing the TV title. Pete just came up to me and said, "Why did he relinquish the title?" And I said, "Because he wants the world title, Pete." And he said, "Does he have to drop the TV title?" And I said, "No, but they don't care about it, so done it now." So, do you think Joe not having the ROH TV title makes him more of a credible threat to the AEW World Title? Not particularly. I just think that this massively devalues that belt. The, the, yeah. I, I think you said earlier, like, mm-hmm. it'll destroy the belt angle. Well, so I think it does make him more credible. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, but not not massively so. But when a guy, when a guy is the mid card champion of your secondary promotion, there is a bit of bit of a dissonance there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the way he vacated the title, you know, this totally undermines all of Ring of Honor. I would not want to be the guy who gets this title next because you are a paper champion. You won't be strong. And and yeah, it just it really, it, it's a bad move for Ring of Honor, but whatever. The way I would have got around it, and this is only because New Japan did a great version of this at Power Struggle, is Joe's like, I, this is me losing at uh, Wrestle Dream. It was Red. No, it was new. I was away in Japan. When when did he lose to Max? Grand, uh, Slam. Grand Slam. And it was because he got an injury, right? Mm. Kayfabe injury. Yeah. It wasn't my fault. It was this title's fault. This this was my crutch. So going in to face Max, I don't need a crutch. Puts it down, smashes it with a sledgehammer, and destroys the belt. Yeah. It also means you can just get rid of the belt. <laughs> Yeah, because you don't need it. Then you just do the same for Ring of Honor, <laughs> especially those six-man titles. Because I think that's a lot more of an impactful, badass way to move on. Whereas this was like, it felt like an administrative procedure. Exactly, because you know, as um, Kid Cuddy said in the in, in that chat earlier, and like you know, Temper said, it's like, why didn't Lee just win? Then I was like, because Joe's going to be going for the world title. So why? And I, I would argue, why would you want to pin Samoa Joe? The last thing I'd be doing is right now is wanting to pin Samoa Joe ahead totally. of him going into a world title program. So you, but you don't want him to have that TV title anymore. So you just have him vacate it. But there's a much better way of doing this. ROH 
there was a period of time when they stopped doing ROH stuff on AEW, and the show was much better for it. But all of a sudden, like this TV titles on the is on this TV titles on TV a lot. The six tight six man tags, Kingston. Like I love Eddie Kingston, but I don't need Ring of Honor title matches on on AEW TV. I don't think it's making for a good product. But also on top of that, it's not making for a good ROH product either. Because you know, like Kate Elizabeth reviews, like you know, her and Reg are reviewing ROH for for Fightful. And every week it's just like, well, what's the point of the show? Because <laughs> it's just like, it's like, so it's dark and it's dark mm. elevation. It's just 10 matches. It's just squash matches. Athena is carrying that whole show. And Athena and the, the stuff she's doing with Billy Starks is awesome. It's so great. It should not be on Ring of Honor. It should be on main roster TV. But like, if you were, if you were an Honor Club subscriber and you saw this angle, why would you want to keep yeah. hold of your Honor Club subscription? Yeah, well, because you get the pay per views now. That is apparently that's the reason. Like, because some people have asked this on Twitter, and the reason they get mm. back is like, oh, the archives there. Yeah. Um. Do you? This is. I haven't watched enough Ring of Honor to make this comparison, but I'm just going to float it. Is modern day Ring of Honor to AEW what relaunched ECW became under WWE? Absolutely, exactly. Wow, that is sad. But <laughs> without a TV deal. <sighs> Well, at least people don't know it then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that that is what it is. Like WWE had this idea of well, I say WWE had an idea of what this relaunch ECW was, and Paul Heyman had a very different mm-hmm. idea of what this is, and and the two clashed, and WWE won. Um, this is just the second this didn't get a TV deal, the second Tony Khan stopped caring. Backstage, we've got Orange Cassidy and Hook. Cassidy's cutting a promo. Pretty decent content, I thought, where he just said, look, this title doesn't feel complete because I only picked up the pieces of the title you dropped, John. I need to beat you to become the full champion. Love that. Very good. The Guns beat the Bollywood Boys. uh, Just a squash match, really. The Bollywood Boys' AEW debut. It was, yeah. Great to see them on TV. Could have sworn I saw them wrestle another time. Um, Might be their Dynamite debut. mm. Maybe they've been on Rampage. Guns won in 30 seconds, and they cut a promo after on Max, where they got loads of heat. That's what they always get. Yeah. Uh, claiming their generational talent, and the fans are fat pieces of S-word, which I think Colton said, and he said he's been fined $500. I thought, if you're only getting fined $500, i would spend $500 to get that crowd heat. Uh, Jericho, I get it. Max was shown watching that backstage because it was kind of aimed at him. That's when Joe appears behind him and Max walks off quite quickly. Mox and Yuda cut a promo to answer Cassidy's one backstage. And they, Mox says here, the moment we land in LA, it's gang warfare. Yeah, on site. It's like Stephen Larson threatening mm. me. Uh, this, I thought this was a great promo. Yeah. I particularly loved Moxley's assertion that... It, Cassidy is giving bad life lessons to Hook, but he's giving the best life lessons <laughs> to Yuta. Because he at one point just like ruffles Yuta's hair. It's like, what lesson would I be giving to young Yuta here if I didn't beat the piss out of you <laughs> the moment I saw you? Do you think we're going to get some kind of anarchy in the arena backing to the singles match? The way, the way yeah. they said it. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but they set up a tag match for next week. So it's uh, Cassidy and Hook versus Mox and Yuta. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a Wardlow video package about him coming for Max. Uh, these are really good. These are really effective. Julia Hart then took on a returning Red Velvet Woo! because it's the second hour's second quarter. 
uh, it was it was a clunky match. I, Red I, Velvet was warming up after coming back from injury. Yeah, I think that's fair. I actually thought they they you know considering how young they both are, I thought they actually put on a, a, a decent little match here. And also like this crowd was so into Julia that it carried a lot of the match. So while the match was not like wasn't Penta versus Swerve, and it wasn't as good as Jay White versus Mark Briscoe or even the the opener. The, the heat from the crowd, because they were so into Julia Hart, elevated this from just being a, a, an okay match. Well, I think it was more Velvet's rustiness, or maybe a bit of hesitancy on the heel knee. I do, I do, I think Julia Hart has gotten really good. The, the moves look decent now, but it's more the characterization. Yep. Like, I, I would never have thought in a million years that preppy cheerleader for the, the Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. team. Yeah. What were they called? They were called the Varsity Blondes. Varsity Blondes. Like, that Julia Hart mm. never would have thought she'd have been a great goth character. She was one of the most over things at Wrestle Dream. Yeah. And to a ludicrous degree, the crowd was so into Julia Hart. She's got a genuine presence. Like, there was a bit when she was standing victorious at the end, and I was like, you're a bit Alexa Bliss-like. Yeah. In terms of, like, how, how small she is, but she just projects this larger personality also really good was a uh you know uh alexa bliss started off as this pixie character oh God, yeah. then went became a goth mm. i i thought this was good uh actually and, and i really enjoyed julia hart's presence i just think i just think she's fantastic and she won with the the moonsaults that uh everybody very much loves sky blue came down afterwards for an awkward stare down and then chris statlander they got really close like i'm gonna kiss you close and then statlander came down and tried to do the same thing by getting in between them but is a legit foot taller yeah so it's not really a face-to-face -face, it's a face-to-tits yes <laughs> and I just, I just like the, the the optics of it i was like what's what what's everyone trying to achieve here from a, a motivation perspective so this was set up on collision where she, Sky Blue, uh, Sky Blue's argument is, I didn't save Willow Nightingale for us and for I, I did it for Willow because Statland is being like, oh look, we're all on the same side uh -huh. here, and Sky Blue's like, no, we're not. Like Willow is my friend. I'm friends with you. I'm doing this because I'm, I'm, and so that's this is more fuel for that because she is trying to start this feud with Julia Hart. She's trying to get into Julia Hart's mm. face, and Statlander is stepping into almost steal the spotlight. She's like, I don't need your help. I don't need your backup, which will set up a Sky Blue Statlander, presumably TBS title match for for Full Gear. Mm. I mean, that would require adding a second women's match to the card, <laughs> and I don't know how into that we are now. Now that Jade Cargill's gone, but should there happen to be a space on the twelve match card? for a secondary women's match even if it's just on the pre-show Statlander versus Sky makes a lot of sense RJ City announced the new signing of AEW it's Maria May Mariah May Mar sorry Mariah May from Stardom yeah so this has been rumoured for a long time mm. that she's been going to go to AEW there had been some talks that maybe WWE will show some interest in her as well because you know why wouldn't you want to sign one of the top uh, women's wrestlers in the world but it's you know look it's is it exciting yeah am i excited no hmm. because i've been excited for Taya valkyrie i've been excited for athena i've, I've been excited for soraya i've been excited for ruby soho like i'm I've, i'm excited because there will be what i will get is a solid four weeks of telly and then i probably won't see her much again well maybe not because she did i thought this was a 
I thought this was a good way to introduce her. There wasn't any big announcement hype for it. She, I mean, she's not a pre-sale ticket, is she? You wouldn't put out a, an advance warning yeah. that we're going to do something big on this show. Teddy Khan has a huge announcement. Yeah, exactly. So I thought this was it was a nice integration. Like, oh, and we've just signed this new wrestler. And with just a couple of questions from RJ, it's like, who are you? I'm Maria May. Maria. Mariah, Mar- Mariah May. God damn it. I do better with a bad on. <laughs> Second question. Where have you come from? I come from stardom. And thirdly, like, what are you here to do? And she says, I'm a big Tony Storm fan. You've worked with Tony Storm, haven't you? I'd love to meet her. And I'm like, oh, you might do the sort of obsessed fan storyline. Mickey James, Trish Stratus. Yeah. Okay. That's, I know exactly who you are, which is always so lacking when, you know, like a a commander or a Vikingo debut. And it's just, here they are in a match. I'm like, why it's a great match. But now I feel instantly I've got May's character. She's got a character. Mm. Can I give you my pitch? And I, and I think you might like this pitch as well. So you're going to do Storm and Sheeta at full gear. Storm is likely going to win the belts. She is the most overact uh, in, in AEW's women's division, I, I, arguably. So you go with that. You build towards a Mariah May, Tony Storm uh, match. What if Mariah May, so excited to meet her idol, Tony Storm, and has found her doing a comedy gimmick? Mm. and it's like you're not you're not tony storm Mm. tony storm went to stardom tony storm won all of this and you go run through the accolades and stuff and it's mariah may getting tony storm out of the timeless and back into being tony storm again well yeah that yeah i like that yeah i don't know if they'll do it because it seems timeless quite it's quite it's it's over but yeah Uh, and then the main event was jay white versus mark briscoe when they said this was for the person to face MJF at full gear, I was like, I, thought, I just assumed that was already decided. It I was. swear I've seen a match graphic of Jay White versus MJF. It is, in the same way that, you know, hey, Daniel Garcia could have won the world title earlier and it would have been Daniel Garcia versus Jay White. This was set up on collision, I think, right. or certainly done on social media. Uh, Mark Briscoe was like, if you're so confident in beating me, Jay, why don't you put your number one contendership on the line? Okay. Well, it was still very uh, predictable for me. Oh, of course it was. Okay, here's my positive I'll, I'll take from this, though, because you're right. I've, predictable's never been a problem for me. We've had this discussion multiple years over this podcast now. Where people are like, oh, I didn't like this match because it was too predictable. And I'm like, no, I'd like it. I don't mind it. Yeah. Because it's, predictable doesn't always mean bad. That's like, that's industry wide. Same with Endgame uh, or, you know, movies that you go and see. The thing that I've got the biggest positive for me here is. Jay White won clean. Mm. Tick. Wow. That is something. This is the cleanest. <laughs> Jay White has been winning most of his matches via interference spots on like, lower level people. I was like, I think Jay White should probably just beat these person clean. Me and Danky saying on collision, I was like, I think Jay White yeah. just could do with a clean win. And he just beat Mark Briscoe here. So I'm like, great. That is what I've been asking for. I know he watches. So thanks, Tony. Tick. I love how Jay White winning clean is uh, the match where all of Bullet Club Gold interfere before the ad break but that's, and beat him down. But that's also the Bullet Club Gold story you're setting up for the yeah, pay-per-view, yeah, yeah. which is that it's not... Like, Max has got no friends. He's not just facing Jay White. Mm-hmm. He's facing Bullet Club Gold alone. So I don't mind that. Like, that I'm not putting over as, like, clean. Yeah. But the finish the of finish this, was The clean. finish was clean. It wasn't referee distraction. 
Austin doing something. No, this was just Jay White beat Mark Briscoe. It was an exciting match. You know, all my sort of criticism aside, Jay gave Mark a lot. Usually a Jay White style match. He's it's more more in line with a Roman one where he walks around, works him over, draw jacks with the crowd. But this was back and forth because I guess Mark needed that intensity. And yet Mark's such a good baby face. There was this moment when all the Bullet Club gold had beaten him up and he somehow pushes them away, throws Jay White into them and then does a running cannonball off the apron and they all move and he... Ah, it's just this like crazy offense style. Yeah. I particularly loved uh, Jay White's... Though, you know, for leading to the, the Bullet Club gold interference mm. uh, or beating him up on the outside is he throws Mark to the outside and then because the referee's next to him, sets up like he's going to do a move, like do a sort of like sliding drop kick through the ropes. But then he's like, ah, my knee. So Mm -hmm. he goes to the the middle of the ring and the referee's like, oh, are you okay? And that's when they attack. I thought it was a really natural way to do a beat down on the outside by your sort of heel group shenanigans. And because it was like, it was a really smart heel uh, position to have. I, I thought this match was fantastic. Loved Jay loved mark and i'm glad that jay won clean maybe that's why i'm so high on this match jay won clean and then we had all the devil attack stuff that we've already covered i gave it 80 percent overall a mm. four out of five very yeah. much enjoyed it this is what i want dynamite to be four out of five before we get on with our uh, remaining Omega Chats, let's say a big thank you to our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon, Chris Hellfire Brimstone. Infinite Crisis, Chris Jenkins. Chris, the Cypriot Sensation Patrol. Hey now, you're an all-star, Chuck Turner. Cody, the Terminator Moody. The Mayor of Painesville, Dan. Daniel Sweet Mexican Chocolate Abara. A tall, handsome guy who has goals in life, Delonta Blaine. Dr. Hook Nolan Evans. All ego, Ethan Wiley. Send me to heaven, Evan Reich. And lastly for this Hall of Fame class, on Thursday the 9th of November 2023, no limp biscuits here, Fred worst thank you all so much for backing us on patreon uh, and if you want to get in the rest of your ultra chats uh, well go to patreon.com forward slash rest talk firstly you want to get in an ultra chat for restalk.com forward slash support but hey if you're in the mood to click some links we are going to be doing a watch party Ooh. for wwe survivor series in two weeks time at the long arm pub and brewery in shoreditch london with a live edition of our no holds board but don't just take it from me take it from me Do you have plans to watch Survivor Series? Well, why not come and watch WWE Survivor Series live and in person with the WrestleTalk team with over 100 other wrestling fans along with a live version of our Parts of Unknown board game series, No Holds Board, at the Long Arm Pub and Brewery in London. Not only will we be watching Survivor Series together, but we'll be doing our live reactions to the show from the pub, which means you will have the chance to be on camera and part of the WrestleTalk live experience. This is the best way to watch wrestling pay-per-views and tickets are available right now. Get your tickets today and we'll see you there to be part of moments like this. You can be part
part of moments like that, click the link in the video description down below or the one that's being spammed by our wonderful moderating team. Come and join <laughs> us. This is the best way to watch wrestling pay-per-views. Uh, right, let's get to your remaining Omega chance. Johnny All In, or Johnny Allen, says a banger of an episode of Dynamite, lots of storylines progressing, and an absolute meat slapping affair between Joe and Lee, and the great heat between Swerve versus Hangman is now my most anticipated match at Full Gear. We need an AEW watch party, please. Love you guys. It's something that we've talked about, um, which needs to sort of work out. Because we can do WWE watch parties easier because it's done on BT Sport. So the mm. pub has a BT Sport license to be able to show BT Sport. Uh, it's shown on Fight here in the UK, so we need to sort of work out how that works, basically. But it is something we've talked about. We haven't done an overnight one yet. That's, exactly. that's Survivor Series. We're sort of in that experimental phase currently. I agree, though. Swerve vs. Hangman is one of my most anticipated matches, but I'm also really looking forward to Mox Cassidy, like the promos that they cut. Jay White and MJF. Mm-hmm. Less so the you know the young bucks. I just want them to win, I guess. Andy Sandbox says, "Hello lads, been a while. Happy to tune in live today. As someone who loves the AEW product, Elite Drama, etc., my takeaways from the show always end up being super positive. And tonight is no different. Thought this was a cracking show. I wanted to ask about overall feelings heading into full gear. I think about a quote Mark Henry had: "The problem is gone. The so-called problem is." And outside of Tony Khan tweets, have there been any newsworthy problems behind the scenes? It feels like as of late, there have been no problems coming out. Drama has been almost non-existent. And I feel like the shows have been consistent throughout. Is AEW more interesting for fans when there was non-stop drama? And can being cold be a byproduct of not being in the news cycle as much? Injuries do not equal drama to me, but backstage in particular has been very quiet. Curious about your thoughts on this. I talked about this on a, a collision show, might have been last week. I don't think it was this week. Uh, this idea of AEW being a cold product is not an overnight thing. Mm. AEW being a cold product is, it's a year and a half's worth of points. Like it's, you can look at all out last year as the start of the downturn of cold product but even before that with all the injuries and the interim titles and everything so yeah. you can almost look at double or nothing i think double or nothing as the starting point of when aew started to become a cold product where we are now is them trying to recover from all of the injuries and concussions and title mishaps that happened in 2022 mm. so i i don't think it is a case of they're not into the news for having bad pr or anything at the moment I think it is just more of this is what happens. You just you have a lot of hot you have a lot of goodwill as a hot product, but you start chipping away, chipping away, chipping away before you know it, no one's watching. AEW was very popular before and they weren't in the news for backstage things, so yeah. Patrick Eddy, does anyone else feel bad for Nick Wayne or is it just me? His big hill turn was completely overshadowed and so far led to absolutely nothing. Now he's just goon number two for Edge. Sorry, Adam Copeland to Spear. Also don't like the idea of Joe vacating. I think if anything, he's done better for him. Yeah, I think, you know, he's with Christian. I wouldn't have done it so soon, but I think they just booked that whole storyline badly. Well, I think it's because they had Copeland and they were like, well, that'll be a six man we do it at full gear. So we'll need to put someone onto Christian's side. Do Nick. I think it goes to AR Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think AR Fox was probably meant to be in the swerve alignment side. 
Uh, Nick Corvello, no, Ollie, the story I was referring to between Baker and Sheeta was their feud they were starting a couple of months ago before Baker took a leave of absence. They were teasing a feud because of Baker costing Sheeta all in and the tension in tag matches. I remember that now, yes. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm but, glad you do because I, I, I don't. But I don't think that's big enough to set up Sheeta teaming with Max against Adam Culver and Britt. Yeah as the biggest story in the company. I agree. I think there are way more over people to be put in that position. Well, Nick Corvello disagrees. Continuing on with my second Omega chat, that's why I think Sheeta would be an excellent mixed tag match partner from MJF against Baker and Cole, because Baker and Sheeta can revive that story they had after All In and play with the clash in MJF Sheeta personalities. That's, that's, not, that's not a dynamic I, I see working or I'm interested in. Yeah, me too. Do you want me to tag in? Yeah. Uh, Ian Wolf here says, Good show. I'm down for Joe as Max's partner of Full Gear. By the way, have you noticed that AEW has basically been blood-free since All Out? Not sure if it's due to Mox's injury or Warner pushing. Jam that jam. I hadn't noticed it, but you are kind of right. Absolutely. Yeah. Bang on, yeah. Yorkmaster, I don't really understand why Adam Cole isn't suggesting that MJF ask someone from the acclaimed. At least you wouldn't have to worry about getting double-crossed before the attack. I think he will go it alone and Strong will force his way in. I suppose if I'm Cole, Joe is a bigger, musclier man than yeah. one of the acclaimed. El Jefe here says, hello, Ollie. Hello, Luke. El Jefe back and better than ever. Hope you are well too. Ollie, do you think that MJF will pick Samoa Joe? What's your opinion on TNA coming back, Luke? Yes, I do. Uh, you, well, yes, I, I, I talked about this on Collision uh, two weeks ago, I suppose, when they, they made the announcement that TNA was coming back. Uh, nostalgia is a, is a hell of a drug. I, and you're snorting it all. <laughs> you're snorting uh, it like Father James Mitchell on an NWA pay-per-view. Not getting TV deals. <laughs> Look, I, I think I said it there, and, I, and I, I still stand by this now. The people who are excited for a TNA comeback are already watching TNA. Mm -hmm. So it's. I don't think this is going to be a big game changer for them. I think it is better branding than Impact, um, but it also comes with a lot of baggage. I think the product's just very good. And I think Bound for Glory was an excellent show. Uh, Collision Girl here says, Kenny called the Bucks children. MJF called himself the real world champion. They used real glass in the attack spot. It's punk. Wake up, sheeple. I'm eating muffins every day to summon him. That's the next clue. If there's a half-eaten muffin at the site of an attack from the masked men. <laughs> Everyone, go back and re-watch that clip. Is there anything we can pick out? Here is my, here's my big brain play on all of this. Everything has been a work. Not since, not since Brawl Out. Let's not Brawl Out. Brawl Out was, was real. <coughs> Punk coming back. These meetings that they didn't have. It was all lying down. Oh my God. I mean, I wish. I, I wish. And we've just been sat here. We're going to concoct this story. And that's how we're paying this off. Calm down, Road Dog. <laughs> <laughs> One man cast. It's been a member for seven months in a row. Said, calling it now. The devil is Adam Cole, and the minions are the kingdom. Which is what we all safest bet. Yeah, it's what we kind of said week one. So yeah, it's, it's certainly a strong contender. Mister Sausage here says uh, was on my butte. Long time sausage, big time supporter. I think the man behind the mask is CM Punk. Just think, the, big, the biggest trick the devil ever pulled was making you believe he never existed. It's not him. Maybe it's the members of the Pinnacle and Cole. God, the, the biggest trick the devil ever pulled was getting fired when but, he wasn't really fired. Yeah. Or, <sighs> but what if he was 
actually fired you do it as a big story to make it seem as though because this this was my pitch out with uh yeah. mjf remember if you're gonna do this like fire me you effing mark fire him it's on it's honestly the biggest story you could do in wrestling for me but i don't think it's <laughs> me neither but i'm gonna keep pushing that yeah. it is andy sandbox here says uh swerve's arm breaker move is superior because it had a snap and penters did not after hearing the hubbub about mariah may at first i thought it was underwhelming that she was introduced the way she was but then she immediately became a fully fleshed out character in one promo makes me invested in seeing her added to tony storm's character the guns are actually great and have been uh, even through the hate we need a tag team revival and get it mm. only on collision get it off only collision true tom chapman here says i meant to send this in since i met and spoke to luke at all in i was the big guy in the cowboy hat spoke about my mental health charity lions barber collective that i started oh, when yeah. i lost a wrestling fan to suicide i want to send you something how can i do that rest talk helps my mental health massively spend most of my time on the road alone in hotels or dropping uh, driving our pop-up safe space barbershops across the country using the vehicle of a haircut to open conversations about mental health you guys keep me sane along with wrestling who is the devil what a great idea that is of it's Tom's. so good yeah. isn't it um but yeah like it's support it's the best way to get in touch with us there danny g says i'll read fellas as a northern lad uh potentially visiting london for your watch along one issue is me one issue holding me back can you just confirm how much a <laughs> pint of best is at your fancy southern pub i need to know how many extra shifts i'll need to put down pits um the well the uh, best best isn't a brand is it he's just referring to liquor in general was it five pound fifty yeah i'd say so yeah there you go um and mr pure sarcasm says hey guys thanks again for a great birthday weekend including me in the game is it said Stephen from chicago who we met yeah oh fantastic the american bunker himself yeah so Stephen came to our watch party for crown jewel from chicago flew over just to hang out with wow. us and watch uh, watch crown jewel with us and because it was his birthday weekend we had him involved with no holes board he was a um the, the, the official bonker for our game of poetry for neanderthals uh he continues thanks again for a great birthday weekend including me in the game we uh, talk about how wwe is the hot property and aew has lost a step do you think an idea of why <laughs> that change occurred vince left Vince left WWE, Triple H could put on a, a better product. Tony Khan didn't have the USP that he, he had anymore. And it happened, coinc you know, coinciding with all of the issues that AEW was having. Not just like on screen and off screen, but things like losing world titles. They, went, they had like three different interim world champions mm. at the same time last year. So all of a sudden, the world title didn't feel special. The women's title didn't feel special. The TNT title didn't feel special. And so all of that combined with the rise of Triple H and his very, very good product. And the bloodline getting hot. Bloodline getting Sammy hot. Sami Zayn and the bloodline. And it just does that. So wrestling is a cyclical product. It's, it's weird. Like I'm, I'm rereading The Death of WCW at the moment. And it is startling how much 97-98 compares to where we are now in 2023, mm. where WCW was this insanely hot product and WWF was cold as all get out. But all of a sudden, that tide starts to turn. They both can't be hot at the same time. One of them has to fall. And one was Austin and one was Roman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there you go. I think that is all of our uh, Omega mm -hmm. Chats for now. So let me just end this poll. And the overall viewership for this one, the rating is 79% thumbs up, 17% thumbs in the middle. Yeah, well, much better than last week. 
Yeah. Yeah. I would say I so. I thought it was a good show. Really good show this week. But for now, that's been all for now. Uh, oh, dear. I've been Ollie Davis. That's been Luke Owen. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Jam that jam.